Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Awesome. Okay, let's be seated. Just one request before Dave comes up to preach, and that is, if anyone knows of a two-bedroom flat that would be suitable for Mike and Kara Hart to come back from Australia, done a great job over in Australia, been training for a couple of years. Now they've come back, want to see if we can find a flat for them, two-bedroom flat. If you hear of anything, anyone who's got a flat available for rent, please let the office know. It'd be great. Well, we've got Dave is going to preach tonight. Let's give Dave a great welcome as he comes up. Awesome. haunted by the vastness of eternity and so we ask ourselves will our actions echo across the centuries will strangers hear our names long after we're gone and wonder who we were how bravely we fought how fiercely we loved awesome how you doing tonight? <laughs> Hands up, anyone who knows that movie? Anyone know that movie? Uh, it's Troy. A- absolutely awesome movie. One of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, it's great to be with you here tonight. And, uh... oh, doesn't that just get you going, eh? <laughs> get you all excited. <laughs> and uh, how many have had a great Christmas break? How many got lots of prezies? Eat heaps. Awesome. Hey, we had a great time uh, over Christmas, and uh, I just came back from a conference, Planet Shakers uh, Conference in Australia. Absolutely fantastic. They're running over three weeks in five cities in Australia. Had 25,000 registrations. It's actually still going now. And uh, had to, took two young people with us. And uh, are they here tonight, Jason? Jason, where are you, bro? Come over here. Well, just quickly tell us what impacted you the most. What? Tell us quickly what impacted you the most. Uh, um, it was probably Reggie Dabs's second um, second session. It was about kill the dogs. It's really, really powerful. I really loved it heaps, and the and w- worship there was just amazing. It was so powerful. Just totally touched God. It was kind of hard at first, but it was just amazing. Awesome. I'll just tell you quickly, uh, for those, those of you that weren't here last time, there's a conference uh, in Melbourne, Planet Shakers, and uh, mainly, mainly young people there, but they had, um, they, anyone seen the, anyone heard of the Vodafone Arena? Vodafone Arena, that is the place where they have all the big tennis matches, and they've got a big cycle track there. Things seats about 10,000 people. And uh, so they hosted it, and that, that was as loud as it could possibly be. Man, it was absolutely awesome. They had lights and cameras, and they had uh, great praise and great worship and uh, some awesome speakers. Uh, it's amazing what God's doing in the nation of Australia. I was talking to one pastor there, and um, I wasn't actually talking to him. I was listening to him speak, actually. Sorry. And, uh, and uh, they're having such an influence on the community that John Howard, the, the uh, the, the Prime Minister of Australia came to their church just to have a look, see what they're doing in the community. And uh, so many young people, so many, a whole generation of people are standing up and saying, uh, man, we want God to do something in our nation. And uh, it's quite incredible that uh, one, of, one of the guys there, Matt Fielder, who's spoken in, in this church before, um, he's, got in, he's got into the universities and they're doing such a great job in the universities, just, um, just caring for students that have uh, actually had a number of unis right across the uh, across the nation of Australia open up for them to come and do their program, and so it's absolutely fantastic to see what God is doing in in, in Australia. And uh, I got to sing the Australian national anthem, and um, God bless Australia, and that was fantastic. And uh, it was great to see five or six thousand people singing the national anthem. The guy actually made a few other verses for it and added those on the end of it about praying that God will come and fall upon the nation of New Zealand, uh, first of all in Australia. But then they started to pray for New Zealand, and um, five, 6,000 young people all standing together and, and singing that God will, uh, praying that God will pour out his Holy Spirit upon the nation of New Zealand. So they were crying out for the nation of New Zealand. So it's great that um, all this, sometimes there's a bit of uh, rivalry that takes place between Australia
Australia and New Zealand, but there was none of that. And it was great to see all these Aussies starting to pray for the nation of New Zealand, starting to pray for people like you, starting to pray for our communities. And uh, that's an awesome thing. It's like, as Anzacs, we fought in the war together, and now this is a different type of battle that um, it's great to know that we have uh, neighbours just across the ditch there uh, praying for you and I. So that's a fantastic thing. And... Um, but one of the things that really impacted me the most was how great, how great a church that we have here. <laughs> Bay City Outreach Center is absolutely fantastic. We've got an uh, amazing pastor and, uh, you know, I mean, there's a great anointing in that place. But I want to tell you, friends, uh, I, without any bias or anything like that, I've never felt such a, a, a more tangible presence and power of God than I have in any of Pastor Mike's meetings. And absolutely fantastic and absolutely life-changing. So we, I just want to challenge you young people. Now is a time, now is an opportunity. Don't miss out this opportunity. Get a hold of the anointing. Get a hold of what's happening in this place. Get it into your life. Get a hold of God right now. Take a hold of the, of the mantle that's in this place. And I'll tell you what, if you do that, the world is crying out for an anointing that abides in this place. The, anoint, the, the world is crying out. I watched... 5,000 young people. Sure, they were singing praises to God. Sure, they were worshipping. But as I looked around, I could see there was thousands of people in that place there that night. And uh, they needed, the, they needed the, the delivering power of the Holy Spirit. They needed a tangible touch from God. And uh, some of them were, 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 were touching God, but only at a certain level. And uh, so I encourage you, young people, anyone here, I encourage you to, 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 to get a hold of God, get a hold of the mantle that's upon this house. And so many people need to be set free. Amen? How many people like heroes? Anyone got a favorite hero? Favorite superstar? Like, oh, it's not me. <laughs> like Spider-Man or Batman or something like that. I don't know about you, but I reckon every part, everyone, well, inside every one of us, there's a, there's a longing to do something great. There's something inside of us, man, I wish I could do something great. I wish I could be something significant. The, the guy of, who, who pioneered Apple computers, I don't know his name, one of the statements that he made, he, he made is, I want my life to make a dent in the universe. How many people here tonight, you want your life to make a dent in the universe? And so some, quite often it's like we, you know, yeah, yeah, that's great. And, uh, but inside, it's, we, we often talk to ourselves, no, I would like to, but is it really possible? Is it really possible that you could make a dent? And absolutely possible. And I want to tell you that God has put a hero. God has put a legend. God has put a legacy inside each and every one of you here today. Whether you believe it or not, God believes it. And it's up to you. Whether you believe it, I tell you, man, God will do some powerful things for your life. Why don't we just pray right now? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, I thank you for every person in here right now. Lord, we thank you for your spirit here to touch and to change lives. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that your word has power. Your word has the power to deliver. Your word has power to save. Lord, your word has the power to absolutely change our lives. God, we just pray that your presence would just come and fill this place. Lord, that you will touch us. Lord, that you will challenge us tonight in the name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. How many people got your Bibles here tonight? Oh, yeah. How many people got the word of God? You ready to open up the word of God? Okay, let's just turn to uh, Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Hey, is, is Nikki here tonight? Nikki, Nicola Brown, where's she? Come over here, Nicola. Come over here, my young preacher. Come on. Here we go. I want you to come and help me out tonight. This is Nicola Brown, everybody. Don't, don't be surprised to see her one day preaching on TV or doing something like that. You got your Bible? What, you can use mine if you want. Do you want to use mine? Mine's a really cool one. What do you just read? Everyone got your Bibles with you? What, Mark chapter 2 and verse 17 down to verse 22. There you go. Where you go? Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not be a fault witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack. 
Go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Awesome, Nikki. Fantastic. And uh, tonight I want to talk about being a history maker. How many people here want to be a history maker? Absolutely fantastic. How many people know that right now we are making history? Oh. <laughs> I don't know about that. As we're speaking right now, man, friends, we are making history. Amen. I mean, the church is on the growth. Never in the history of Hawke's Bay has a church ever exceeded 500 people uh, coming regularly to church, except only in the recent year, Basin Outreach Centre has grown to over 500 people. And that is making history in the nation of New Zealand. Absolutely phenomenal thing. Right now, people's lives are being changed. Right now, through the ministry of the church, thousands of people around the world, their lives are being impacted, changed, turned around. Uh, revival is starting to... Uh, it's, like, it's like coming through our doors and it's like touching the nations. Friends, we're making history right now. Friends, tonight I want to talk about becoming a history maker. And friends, you know, uh, you don't have to look very far to see that we live in a fallen world. And as I was looking around so many of these young people, and uh, you know, as I, was, uh, as I was sitting inside Planet Shakers, I was thinking, wow, man, this is huge. This is lots of people. Man. Oh, man, this is just... Sometimes it was just a little bit, a bit daunting. But as I got outside of, outside of the doors and I started to look at the cross of the city of Melbourne, I have four million people there. And uh, just as, I, as I was walking down the street, I, I was I just look into people's eyes as they, as, they walk, as they walk past. And it's like, man, people are lost. People are so lost. And it's like, uh, like Jason said, uh, this guy Reggie talked about, um, about kill the dog. He took a message about kill the dog. And uh, you know, ever since the fall of man, sin has entered into the world. The reason why there's so much sickness today, the reason why there are so many people troubled with demons, the reason why so many people have got broken lives is because of, uh, of the fall of man. See, God never created life to be like that. It was never God's intention for you to live in shame. It was never God's intention for you to live in insignificance. It was never God's intention for you to live in sickness and, and, and to be bound up in all demonic bondage. Life was never meant to be like that. God created you. The Bible says, uh, let us create man in, own, in, a, in a, his own image. In other words, we are made in the reflection of God. We are made so that we would have fellowship with God. Uh, we, are, we are created to give, give glory and to give praise to God. We are created to fellowship and commune with him. But because of Adam's sin, sin entered into the world. The Bible says that all are born into sin. So every person is born separated from God. And uh, right back, I'm just gonna, we're just going to quickly race through the Bible, but right back, Satan used to be one of the angels around the throne of God. There became a time when pride got into his heart and there was a time when he fell onto the earth. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And this is in Genesis 1. And it talks about, and the earth was void it was, and darkness covered the face of the earth. In other words, there was, another word meaning for that is uh, death and destruction covered the face of the earth. In other words, for a season there, the earth was, uh, it was a mess. There was darkness. There was, there, was a, there was demonic presence over the face of the earth. So then God said, I'm going to start to bring order into this chaos. So that's when he started to speak into creation. First, I'm going to say, let there be, let there be earth. And start to say, let there be light. And there was light. Let the, let the light separate from the darkness. And he started to bring creation. He started to, started to put all these beautiful trees. And he created, and, and then later on it talks about he creates two great lights, the sun and the moon. One to rule over the day and one to rule over the night. And then he created man, that, and that, that, that man in his own image would, would, would rule over creation and have dominion over the earth. What used to be the devil's playground, God started to put a man, somebody, an, an, an inferior being into a place where the, the devil once ruled in order to take dominion back again. And see, the, the, the devil being jealous of that place that Adam started to take, uh, tried to find a way that he could destroy man and could destroy that relationship. And I'm ultimately the fall of man. That is the reason why we have so much sickness. That is the reason why teenagers today are, are running their cars up, up trees, uh, 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 drunk as skunks, because they've got, 
no hope to live for because something has got inside of their lives, pulling them away, trying to rob and steal their lives. The Bible says in John 10, 10 this, the devil has come only to, to rob, steal, and destroy. So everywhere today in society, we, we see that the devil trying to rob, steal, and destroy people's lives. Then the Bible says that I have come, in other words, Jesus has come that we may have life. So all through the Old Testament, you, you see all these, uh, all these people start to, start to rise up. The, uh, God made a, a, a promise to the devil. He thought, you were so smart thinking you could, uh, you could destroy a man. I'll tell you what, one day I'm going to use a man to bring you down. One day I'm going to uh, use a man and he's going to crush you under the heel of his feet. So it's like then all of the heavens start to look around. As time starts to go by, the heavens start to look upon who would be this man that would stand up and crush Satan underneath his feet. And then it talks of, then all through history, got Abraham, Moses, David, Jonathan, and all these people started cutting. Then one day Jesus Christ himself appears upon this earth. Starts to give the devil a bit of a scare. All of a sudden, there's a, there's a man started to walk upon the earth and, and where the devil had got a hold of people's lives and started to rob and destroy their lives. All of a sudden, here comes this man and starts to shake what the devil thought he had. People started to get healed. People started to be set free. People started to encounter a life that they'd never encountered before. Friend, this was the Son of God started to just take dominion back over the earth again. See, God's plan was not for it to stop there, but, but for not just one person, not just Jesus Christ to do it, but it was his plan that his church, that mankind would start to take dominion over the earth again. And so Jesus, as part of his plan and a part of his purpose on this earth, was to replicate, is to, is to um, entrust his ministry into other guys. So first of all, we see the four fishermen. Matthew chapter 4. Peter. James, John, and what's the other guy? Andrew, that's him. He starts to tell these guys, he looks at them, and he, these guys were fishermen. I love fishing. And, and these guys, they, they work with their father on a fishing fleet. And uh, one day Jesus comes along, and he looks at these guys. He, he, starts to, he starts to watch them. He starts to look at how they do things. He starts to look at how they live their lives, and they talk to each other. And he looks at someone and says, See, Jesus sees something inside of their life. And he looks at them and says, come, follow me. I want to make you fishers of men. I want you to think about this for a while. Here's Peter and his brothers. And they've got this, a fleet of boats, maybe one, two, three boats. I wonder what sort of dreams Peter had in his life. I wonder what, when he was out fishing, I wonder what Peter thought about. I wonder what sort of stuff, I wonder what he would, I mean, he was the oldest of the family and ran the dad's fishing fleet. I mean, some of the things that could have gone through his mind, things like, man, I've got a dream, man, one day we're going to grow this business into a great business. Instead of having two boats, man, we're going to have three boats, we're going to have a, a bigger boat that looks like this, and that's going to have heaps of oars and big paddles, and it's going to go fast, and I've got a dream to have a great boat. But see, God is something different for his life. You know, the Bible talks in Ecclesiastes 3, it says this, for everything there is a season under the sun. Everything there is a season. Everything has a season. And then it starts to say there's a time to be born and a time to die. Everybody say a time to be born, a time to die. Time to be born a time to die. So for everything, there is a season. So for every one of our lives, there is, uh, there is something physically. There's a genetic uh, makeup. Everyone's got this genetic makeup in our life, which there are, there are genes that have an appointed time in which they will flourish. For some people, they have a bald gene. I mean, who knows it right now, eh, Stevie? I mean, look at Stevie right now. He's got a full flock of hair. Could be born one day. See, every one of us are, are, are born with physical, physical genes. Sometimes we, sometimes we see them right now, other times we don't. There is a time when one day that bald gene that lives inside of you will say, it is my turn to stand up and become bald. Or it is my turn to stand up and become grey. 
And as the process of life, as life goes on, as we develop, there's, there's certain genes that sort of, it is my time to stand up. It is my time to be born. Just as we have physical genes inside of our life, God also puts uh, 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 his genes inside of our lives as well. See, for every one of us, we, have the, we carry the breath of God. That's how we, that's how we live. When, when we first formed man, God breathed into him and he became a living being. I'm just sort of laying down a little bit of a foundation here because uh, I, I, want, I really want you to get this tonight. So there is, when you are born, although we were born into sin, there is a seed of God inside of your life. There is a seed, there is a gene of God that lives in every one of, your, every one of our lives. And it is just waiting to be born. There is a time to be born. There is a time to die. And I, I mean, you're all here now because you were born. And I'm not, I'm not talking just about a, a, physical, a physical thing about being born, because we're all born, and we're, we're, we are all born, and we will all die one day. But I'm talking about something else. I'm talking about something about finding your purpose in life, becoming a history maker. How, I don't know how... Maybe Peter, when he was out fishing, had all these dreams and, and, and is wondering what his life was going to be turn, turning up. Maybe one day we're going to grow the fleet and do this and do this and have a great fleet. He did not know what God had installed in his life. As you look through history like this, all these different people, I mean, who, know, who, knew, who can imagine with, with, with David when he was a young shepherd boy? I wonder if he ever thought inside of his life that in a, in a day he would be able to set a nation free. I mean, he was born as a teenager, but then he was born again. There was, a, there, there was a time in his life where the seed of God that was implanted in his life stood up and said, and it's my turn to live. And it's my turn to stand up. Once was a shepherd boy, but then there was the gene of a king that lived inside of him. Became one of the greatest kings that Israel ever saw. And then there was Jesus, there was a, there was a time, another, as, as history goes on, there was Jesus, it was his time to stand up. And then there was Peter, as a fisherman, cleaning his nets, thinking about what he could possibly do in the future. But who knew that there was a, there was a, time, and, there was a time and a place ordained by Peter's life where the, where the God gene inside Peter would stand up and become a history maker. Now we read about so many people, thousands of people over the world. We read about Peter, who was a who, who, who was a fisherman, caught fish, had a fishing business, had dreams and aspirations, thought he had a, a life. The man, I'm going to grow this thing, and I'm going to have a great life as a great fishing fleet. And for some of you here today, you've got aspirations, you've got dreams inside of your life. There's there's things that you want to do. Maybe it's in business. Maybe. You want to have a flash car. Maybe your goal is to get the fastest car in town. (laughs) Maybe you've got big aspirations for your life. But I want to tell you, somewhere inside of each one of you here, there is a gene, there is a God gene inside of you that is just dying to stand up and say, it is my turn to live. Everybody say, there's a time and a season. Friend, I want to tell you right now, it is your time to stand up and shine. Just as Peter stood up when he heard the call of God, as those those four men heard the call of God, as they heard Jesus speak to them and say, stop what you're doing. Follow me. Where, Lord? Where? So as as, as, as Peter started to follow, uh, his life all of a sudden started to get turned upside down. I mean, in the Bible, there was no other person that ever walked on water twice except Peter. All of a sudden, his life started to turn around. He started to walk with this man. We want to talk about somebody else right now. It's like the apostle that never was. Get your Bibles. Let's just turn back to Mark chapter, Mark chapter five, uh, 10. And so Jesus is walking down the streets, and he's, he sees this young ruler. Everybody say a rich young ruler. This rich young ruler heard about Jesus. He was a young man. How many people, young people here tonight would like to be rich? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many would like to be a ruler? Have your own sort of little community or whatever that you'd rule over? That would be awesome. Have your own money. 
not just your own money, I mean your, the money would have your face on it or something like that. Every time you looked at that $100 bill, you would see your face on there. Oh, that would be exciting. Oh, anyway, and this rich young ruler heard about Jesus because there was something in his life. Anyway, he comes running down the road and he kneels before him and says, good teacher, what must I have to, what must I do to receive eternal life? Here's a man who, who thought he had everything. He was young. He was good looking like Steve. And he was rich. And he was a ruler. He had everything going for him, but there was still a void inside of his life. Friend, that just goes to show you that it doesn't matter what material things that you pursue in life, it will never fill the void inside of your life. Some of you young people, you have aspirations to be rich and to be famous and all that sort of stuff. That is not a bad thing, but hear me this. It won't fill the void in your life. Here's a young man who, who still had the void in his life, even though he was a ruler. He had his own money, had everything he could possibly want, and he was young. But he was still avoiding. He says, good teacher, what must I have to, to, to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except the Father. He says, you know the commandments. You know this. And he says, Lord, I, I, I've, I've known them since my youth. Only a father or mother. Now, let's, let's put this out of it. This young man was a Christian. He was a good man. He was a good young man. He was, he was a young man that kept the, he knew all the commandments. How many young people here tonight know that all the commandments? So he knew the commandments and, and he, he lived his whole life around the commandments. He knew them off by heart. He was a good man. He honored his mother and father. How many young people here tonight you honor your mother and father? How many parents, your young people here, to, and they honor you? So here's a good young man. Not only was he, was he rich and famous and had a powerful position, but he had, his, he had a good relationship with his mum and dad. He was a good God-fearing young man. And if he was here right now, I bet he'd be going to this church. He'd be here with this church. He'd be at the front. He'll be, uh, he'd probably play the drums or something. <laughs> and, but he, he, he would come, he would bring his Bible, he would go to church every Sunday, he wouldn't miss a beat. He did all the good things if his mum and dad said, be home by this time, he'd be home by that time, probably even five minutes earlier. Always remembered birthdays, always remembered anniversaries, always was respectful to his mother and father. And, and you'd look at a young man like that and think, he would have everything going for him. He is a good young man. <laughs> Imagine if he was here, <laughs> the poor guy. <laughs> get swamped. Beautiful ladies here right now. But anyway, here's this young man. He had all, all these things. He's a good God-fearing young man, but he still there was a void inside of his life. And he says, Master, what much I, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then Jesus, he, he, he starts to say these things and he says, but I've kept all these things from the days of my youth. In other words, I've done everything you've asked me to do, everything you've said, I've done all that since I was a young boy. What else can I possibly do? Notice the first thing, he called him. I mean, he came with great respect. He came on his knees, good teacher. He was passionate. He had so many things going. I, mean, I see a lot of passionate young people standing up the front here today, dancing and praising God, being passionate about honoring God. You honor your parents. But there's still something missing. There's still a part of you that hasn't quite yet come alive. You know there's more in your life. You know that somewhere inside of you, there is more to happen. And it says, I've kept it. Then Jesus looked at him. The Bible says Jesus looked at him and loved him. Friend, he didn't look just at the outward appearance. Outward appearances can be deceiving. Images are just that. They're just images. They're not the real thing. And see, the thing is, friend, Jesus is here right now. The Bible says that where two or more are gathered together in his name, there he shall be. See, I know that right now the presence of the Lord is in this place. The Bible also talks about that the eyes of the Lord roam to and, to and fro across the earth, looking for people whose heart turned towards him. 
Friend, I know that Jesus Christ is in this place. The Holy Spirit is here looking into your life right now. He's looking at all you young people. He's looking at all the other people out here and, and seeing all the good things. I mean, you're, you're here tonight. You brought your Bibles. You, you come to church. You pray. But I know for some people here tonight, you think inside, there's got to be more than this. There has got to be more than this. And he looked at him and loved him. So the friends, the thing about Jesus is this. He can look past the facades that we put up. He can look past the, the image that we put out there. He looks past the outward appearance. He could see past the fact that he was a ruler. He could see, see past the fact that he was, a, he was a good young man that came to church and read his Bible and was good to his mother and father. He could see past. He could see through that. And friends, Jesus Christ can see into your life right now. He can see the things that you struggle with. He can see the things that you're great at. He can see the potential. He can see the seed of God inside of your life. The deposit, the breath that God has placed in your life, ready to stand up and say, and it's my turn. And he looked at him and said, I can see you've got all this, but there's one thing missing. There's one thing that you lack inside of your life. The rich young ruler looked at him and said, what what do you mean? I've got everything. What else? What else? What can can possibly be missing? I'm going to tell you what he was missing. He was actually missing a few things. (laughs) One of the first things he was missing was a revelation of Jesus Christ. You notice when he first comes to me, he falls on his face and says, good teacher. Friends, I want to tell you, Jesus Christ is more than just a good teacher. He is the son of God. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He is the son of God who is now seated at the right hand of the father and all power and authority in heaven and earth has been given unto him. He is the Son of God. He is not just a good teacher. He is not just a good man that you could follow some, get some self-help books and follow them and change your whole life. Thousands of people around the world, millions of people around the world today are not coming to Christ just because he's a good teacher. There's plenty of good teachers around the place. What's the big guy with the big mitts on TV? Tony Tony. Robbins, whatever his name is. He's probably a good teacher. But he's not the son of God. People will not come to Christ necessarily just by good teaching. Friends, he needed a revelation that he was the son of God. Friends, the thing about Peter was this. He had a revelation. People said, oh, you're this. You're a great teacher. You're a great prophet. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're this. Some say you're that. Some say you're, you're, you're Anthony Robbins or Tim Robbins. Uh, back in the... People say lots of things, but I know who you are. You are Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Friends, if you want to be a history maker, first of all, you've got to have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. It cannot be just something that you've, you've heard from your parents. It's not just something that you hear at church. You've got to encounter Jesus Christ. You've got to allow him into your life. You've got to have a revelation of who he is. More than just a great teacher. More than great prophet. He is the son of God. He does have the power to change life. He has the power of salvation in his hands. He has the power to set people free. He has the power to break the bondages of people's lives. He has the power, all power, all authority on heaven and earth has been given unto him. He is the son of God. He is the son of God. The other thing was this. You may have everything. You know, in a lot of places around the world, people preach that uh, you can be great, you can be prosperous, and God's called you this and that and the other thing. Uh, all of these great and mighty things. But one thing you won't often hear about, especially in Western world churches, is a message of the cross. A message of the cross. See, just later in that, in that book that, that Jesus talks about greatness is in serving. Is it even the Son of God, the Son of God who created the heavens and the earth, did not come to be recognized, but he came to serve and to give his life. 
and I preached a message the other week about, about a breakthrough generation and um, four of the qualities of a breakthrough generation. I talked about in Ezekiel. They had the face of a lion. In other words, they were strong, they had courage, they had power. They had leadership, all these things. Another one had the face of an eagle. They were prophetic, they could soar in high places. Oh, it's, uh, another one had the, had, had, had the face of a human and the, the face of a man that was, that was a relational being. The last one was that of an ox. The ox was a, was a man, uh, an ox was a beast that would, that would labor and serve, but it was also used for sacrifice. And Jesus looked at this man, he, he saw all of the things, he saw that, I mean, it, it's not a bad thing to have lots of money because if you follow the principles of God, you will be prosperous. But it wasn't the money that was this man's problem. It was his whole identity was wrapped up in this thing. His whole security was wrapped up into who he was and to what he had. I wonder what his ambitions were. He was a rich young ruler. Maybe he used to dream about that his territory would grow bigger. Maybe that one day he would have a kingdom of his own. Maybe one day he'll even be king, not just a ruler, but he'll be king and rule over a little plot of land, his own little soldiers. And Jesus looked at this man said, one thing you lack, you're holding on. You're finding your security in all these different things. Sell what you have, give it away to the poor. And then he says, then take up your cross and what? Come, follow me. Friends, that's the same command that come, follow me was the same command or the same offer that Jesus gave to Peter. See, the thing was, was Peter was this. He just dropped everything and followed Christ. Dropped everything, dropped the family business. That's it, I'm out of here. I am following you. All my dreams, all my aspirations, all the things that I want in my life today, I let them go and I follow after you, Jesus Christ. Same offer was made to the young man, rich young ruler. Jesus looked at him and said, man, he was a man that could change history. Inside of this man is not just a rich young ruler, but is a history maker. I'll make him the same offer. Sell everything you have, come, follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. Friends, that was his chance to be born. That was his chance to be born. And if you look at the, uh, if you read on the other, in the, in the film Troy, it talks about there was a, uh, the man Achilles, a great warrior. Everybody knows his name. And this, and, and there was, there, 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 came, there was a time there was going to be a fight where this big man came out and he was going to try and take him out. And a young boy went to go and get Achilles, and he's, he's talking about, man, this guy is big. This guy is a big man. Are you sure? He says, I'd be too scared to do that. I'd be too scared to take on a man like that. And Achilles looks at him and goes, that's why nobody will ever know your name. You will never, ever be a history maker. Some of you here tonight, it's fear inside of your life. For some of you here tonight, you need a revelation of Christ. Most of all, people here tonight, we've got to take up our cross. The Bible says, and Jesus said to this man, take up your cross and come, follow me. First of all, where do we take it? Where do we take this thing? There's got to be a dying inside of our lives, friends. There's a time to be born and a time to die. The problem is we keep on holding on to our life and our own aspirations. But friends, we can never be the history maker. We can never be the person. That God gene inside of you and I, that can never come to its full fruition until our gene dies. There's plenty of things I'd rather be doing in the world today. But I want my life to be a history maker. I, have, I had my dreams, I had my aspirations too. But there was a time when God got a hold of my life and it's time to lay my dreams, my aspirations down. And say like Paul said, it is no longer I that live, 
I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. Young people, if you want to be a history maker, the first thing you've got to do is take up your cross, your cross, and follow Jesus Christ. The first stop is the cross. <laughs> it is the laying down of our life. As soon as you do that, tell you what, God can do something through your life. Interesting fact, just before we finish up right now. You never know that man's name. The rich young ruler. The possible history maker. A young man that could have changed history. We could have been reading about his name in the Bible today. But we don't. Why? Because he tried to hold on to his life. Interesting fact, he was a rich young ruler. And if you're if you, if, you do, if you do some research on it, it's about 40 to 50 years later, a, uh, a, 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 a big man by the name of Titus, an invading army, came in and just took out, wiped out the whole army, came and took out the whole thing, invaded the whole land. So assuming that man was still alive, which most likely he was, everything that he had would have been taken off him. And you still don't know his name. <laughs> so either he had the choice that he could have been obedient to Christ, laid it down there, and you could have read about him in history 2,000 years later, but now you'll never, ever know his name. What's stopping you from becoming a history maker? What is that thing inside of you that is lacking? You're still holding on to your life? Friend, there is a God gene inside of you that is just wanting to come alive. But first, we must die. There must be a, a dying inside. Amen? I'm going to just close our eyes right now. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. Father, we just thank you right now for every person in this place right now. Father, every young person, every older person tonight in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Father, for that seed of life that you have placed inside of our lives tonight in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you today that you have called us to be history makers right now. Lord, I thank you that right now it is our time. This is our season. It is our season to be born. It is our time to stand up and make history. It is our time to stand up and to change the world that we live in. It is our time to stand up and be the hero that God has called us to be. It is our time to be a history maker. Friends, the first step you can do is this. If you don't, have never, ever asked Jesus Christ into your life, the first part of becoming a history maker. Why don't you ask him inside of your life? He is not just a good teacher. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He has the power to change your life. He has the power to the gates of heaven, the gates of hell. Tonight, every one of us makes a decision whether we receive Christ or whether we don't. Is there anyone here tonight you've never, ever received Jesus Christ? And tonight you want to say, yes, Dave, I want to invite Jesus into my life. Why don't you just raise your hand? Every eye closed, every head bowed. Somebody here tonight, you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. You want to receive him as your Lord. Why don't you just raise your hand? Maybe you've fallen away from the Lord. You need to receive, you need to come back to Christ right now. How many people here tonight? It's with every eye closed, every head bowed. You know that there is something more that God has for your life. But you're aware of that thing that is lacking. Maybe it is fear. Maybe you're still trying to hold on to your life. Maybe you're still trying to find your life. I want to tell you right now, God is calling each and every one of us right now to come, take up our cross, and follow him.
Friends, God is calling you and I to follow him right now. God is calling you and I to change history. Amen? Awesome. Friends, I encourage you to do it right now. You don't know what life may bring around the corner. You don't know what life may bring for our nation in the next 30 years. We live as though one day to the next. We live as though we have tomorrow to live and the next day and the next day. Friends, we can never, ever be sure. One thing we can be sure of is this. As long as we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we are in as well, we're going to be perfectly okay. Amen? Awesome. Why don't we just stand up right now? Lift your hands to the Lord right now. Repeat after me this prayer. Lord Jesus, I come to you tonight. Lord, I know that you're calling me to come and follow you. So tonight, Lord Jesus, I pick up my cross and I choose to follow you. Lord, that tonight, all through my life, that you would make me to be a history maker. In the name of Jesus Christ, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, why don't you give the Lord a shout of praise. Well, why don't we just welcome up Pastor Mike, and he's going to uh, wrap the meeting up for us. Come on, let's give him a hand. Praise the Lord. Why don't you just lift your hands up just for a moment. The interesting thing about this young man, he never had a history making a history with men because he never had a history with God. One of the most important things, all great to be a history maker, but if we want to make a mark in the community, it starts by making a mark with God. It starts with your personal life, your inner life. He never changed the lives of men because he never let God change his life. He never went out and impacted a community because he refused to let go of the things that the community considered important and embrace eternal values. God has destined your life to count for something. But if you want your life to count for something, begin to build a history with God. I sense God wants to touch every one of us tonight. What is your history with God? Is it a history of intimacy? Do you have a history of faithfulness to meet with him day by day? Do you have a history of surrender, of letting go? Do you have a history of bringing your brokenness to him? Your hurts, the things that have disappointed you. Do you have a history of surrender in his presence? So you have to build a history with God. Men in the Bible we read of who all made a mark, who are known as men who made a tremendous impact in the generation they live. All of them had a secret history with God. Sometimes they just suddenly appeared. Elijah just suddenly appeared. He didn't just suddenly appeared. He had years of a history with God. John the Baptist suddenly emerged on the scene and, and impacted a whole nation. They all came to hear him. But he had a secret history with God, a life dedicated to pleasing God. So much we want the crowd to notice us, but first we need God to notice us. I sense tonight there are many people here, and if I was to ask you personally, what is your history with God like? Your faithfulness to spend time with him your love for his word your surrender of issues of sin until your life becomes changed the, the issue of selfishness if you to ask about your area of giving what history do you have with God you see that's what you're building in secret that makes it 
the opportunity for you to have a history with men. Jesus said, "If you, when you pray, when you fast, when you, when you give, do it in secret, and your Father will reward you openly. If we want our influence to increase, let's increase our connection with God. Jesus had a great plan for that man. Perhaps there were nations he could have visited, preached in, impacted, and eventually laid his life down. When God said, look, there's one thing lacking, one thing you're holding out on me, one thing that your life is wrapped up in. You've got a lot of great things. You're an awesome young man. But there's just one thing, one thing. It's just that money thing. He says, what I want you to do, I want you to give. I want to let go of the money. I want you to see what I could do in that area. But he, oh, he was attached to it. Tonight there are people here and you've got things you're attached to. And I thought maybe for some it's the money thing, but most people, there'll be something which you're attached to. And God's saying, let it go. Let it go. Let it go this year in 2006 so you can have my resources, my life, and enlargement that comes from me. Now I know that God has spoken already to many. What is it you need to let go of? God's spoken to me. He said, there's things you're attached to, you need to let them go. See, I'm desperate for enlargement. I want to grow and increase. But to increase, you've got to make room. We're going to speak to men about God. We need to be talking to God about men. We're going to have a history with men. We have to have a history with God. Tonight, I want you to make a simple decision. Jesus, there's an issue in my life I've wrestled with. Tonight is the night I bring it. Lay it down and say, God, I'm going to let it go. It's not going to defile me anymore. If that's you tonight, quickly make your way to the front. Just walk up to the front. Perhaps kneel, perhaps stand with your head bowed and say, God, tonight, beginning of this year, there's some things I want to let go of. Things you've been talking to me about. Things that have been very, very high in my priorities. But tonight, Lord, I want to bring it and surrender it to you. Come on, you come now. You come now. These people need to come. Just come. Come out of your seat and say, Jesus, tonight, I know there's something you want me to let go of. There's something I'm attached to. Maybe the opinions of people, maybe the crowd, maybe your reputation, maybe money, maybe a business, it may be a relationship, it may be someone that you are like wrapped up in them. And God's just saying, No, I want you to put me first. First the Lord. Love the Lord with all your heart. All your soul, God first. Come, 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 come tonight. Come, come. Say, God, you'll be first in my life. You'll be first in my life. Come, there's others need to come. Just come, come and join me tonight. We all want God to be first tonight. We want Jesus to be first. I want you to picture yourself for a moment that you're that young man. We look at it and we don't identify with him at all. Well, I'd never do that. Tonight, I want you to think that you're that young man. You've now just got a second chance. This is your chance. This is your moment. And God's speaking to you like he spoke to the young man. He says he loved him. He loves you. And he said, there's one thing, one thing. There's one thing that's lacking. One thing I'm speaking to you about right now. This is what you need to do. For everyone, it'll be different. I want you just to talk to the Lord. Say, Lord, like that young man, I got something I've been holding out on. But Lord, I'm, I'm going to be different to that young man. I hear you speaking to me about destiny, about enlargement. And tonight, I'm letting it go to you. I'm inviting you to come in and change me. I invite you to come in and break the yoke of bondage. I invite you to come in and, 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 and give me a fresh vision for my life. I invite you to come in. That's right. Just lift your hands to him now. Just see that thing. Picture that thing. Put a name to it. Say, God, I let it go to you. I let it go to you. 
I let it go to you. Fire of God comes where people learn to give and to yield. And Jesus is talking about the cross. He's talking about self-centeredness, about living for me and me only. I'm saying, let it go, let it go. i got something greater. There's, there's power beyond this cross. But you've got to come to the cross. Lord, I just thank you for so many young people, so many people tonight that are saying yes to you. They're not like the young man, the rich young ruler. They're just going to say yes to you tonight. And I'm asking, Lord, for your anointing to come. I just reach out and worship him now. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I break, we break now the power of ungodly attachments. We break now soul attachments to ungodly relationships. In Jesus' name, we break attachments, ungodly attachments to, to things that are not everlasting. We break those attachments. We break ungodly attachments to habits. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we speak to every addiction and command those addictions to break. We speak to every fear and command those fears to go. We speak to every yoke and we break the yoke in Jesus' name. We say it's a new day. We speak to areas of dependency on people and break those emotional soul ties. We break those dependencies now. Father, release a fresh fire. We break the attachments to disappointment. We break the attachments to bitter experiences. We say, God, everyone here is hungry for you, looking for you to come through in a new way. Now, Lord, let your fire come. Let the fire of God come. The fire, the fire of God, the fire of God, the fire of God. Whew, let the fire of God come. Breaking through, bringing breakthroughs, breakthroughs, breakthroughs. Don't be fearful of people. No longer dependent on people. No longer dependent on what people are thinking of you. You've lived in, in a realm of, of worrying too much what people thought. But God says, this is a new day. It's a new hour for you. I've called you to be a leader in your own right. Not to follow the crowd, but to be a leader of the crowd. God is with you. Take away the fear, Lord, tonight. Father, touch him tonight. Release confidence, boldness fresh fire into his life in Jesus name fresh fire fresh revelation fresh revelation of the great death of who Jesus is and what he wants to be in your life release your power Lord tonight Father tonight take away Lord the, the attachments to things that have hindered him Jesus name release release fire 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 Father let your fire come Father let your fire Father in Jesus name we break attachments to bitter experiences, bitter disappointment and betrayal by people. Father, this is not going to be the thing that holds it back. Father, tonight you made a decision to go on. In Jesus' name, I break that yoke. I break that yoke over you now. In Jesus' name, Father, release your power, release your presence. Thank you, Lord. A new day. Too many things, too much busyness. Father, we just break that attachment, all those busy things. Father, we just break that spirit of busyness off our life. We release peace into your heart. Receive it. Receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Fears, fears. We break the power of fear. No longer shall fear have dominion. No longer shall inadequacy have dominion. The mind set on the Lord. A mind set on the Lord. A mind set on the Lord. We break that dominion of fear and insecurity right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Enlargement, 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 enlargement of influence and favor. <sighs> Father, give her a release. Whoa, what a great presence of God here tonight. The great presence of God here tonight. Father, we know that when we will mean business with you, you mean business with us. And it's not just about a one-off experience. It's about a process, Lord, of engaging you and coming into the new things you have for us. Father, touch these young people with fire. Let fire come. Let the fire of God. Young people, you've responded to the Lord. Just lift your hands now. Expect for Him to. Fire out of heaven. Father, we break the insecurity now. Fire. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. 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 Thank you, Father
try and work everything out. Let God work into your heart. Fire. Deeper. Let it go deeper. Thank you, Lord. Fire of God. Come into our lives. Fire of God. Heaven. Out. No more limitations. No more limitations. You, you've had box around your life. The limitations that God said, no more limitations. No more holding back. This is a year of extravagant, abundant giving of yourself to the Lord. Fire. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You love the Lord tonight? Amen. Let him give him a great clap tonight. He's here. He's in the house. He's here and he's in the house. Calling every one of us to respond to him. Amen. Why don't we sing that song, I'll live for Jesus. I don't know how it goes, but someone here knows it. You can do it. You got it? It started already. Oh, that's good. No wonder I'm starting to sing it. I'm feeling it. <laughs> Come on, let's sing a song tonight. We're going to say, declare that we're going to live for the Lord this year. When our lives are going to count for Him, our lives will make a difference for Him because we're committed fully to Jesus Christ. Amen. Ho! Oh! You're in for the best this year. For the very best. Lord.